Welcome back to episode three of Flop Stars, a brand new podcast looking at our favorite pop stars in our hearts who can't quite compete on the charts. I'm joined as always by our resident pop expert, Nick Kelly, to look at a criminally underrated career that has won cult adoration. This week, it's Tuve Lu who we're delving into. Bursting onto the scene early last decade with a string of huge pop hits, Lu has become one of the most challenging pop acts around. While the hits have stopped flowing, her music has only gotten more exciting with last year's Sunshine Kitty giving us some of her most unfiltered work to date. Let's kick it off and say hi to Nick. Hello, Nick. I'm calling you from from Italia. Hello, Sam. It's so exciting. We're truly global. This is the third continent that's been involved in the recording of Flop Stars so far. I can't believe it. Third episode and we can already afford to take it international. <laughs> exactly. You know, you we've, got it. We've looked at our demographics and, it, and Italy pulled through. So it was through the roof. <laughs> we had to make um, a trip. Speaking of our demographics, thanks to everyone for their um, reviews of the podcast and thoughts so far. Um, I'll read out it. I think we'll read out a couple of the Apple podcast reviews as the podcast goes on. But um, have we actually I... got some? We've got three. <laughs> oh wow! Yes. <laughs> are um, they all in Italian? No, none are in Italian. Shockingly, <laughs> um, unless the word Beyonce is is Italian. I might. I'll read out the first one. This is probably the least sort of you know, thought out one, but still really appreciate it. It's entitled Epic. Um, okay. It's authored by Dave underscore the underscore dill pickle. Um, and it says, okay. this podcast is the best everyone subscribe. So thank you to Dave the dill pickle for his comment. I'll hold the rest of it later. Now today, who are we talking about, Sam? We are talking about... Tovlo, if we're speaking in American, or Tuvelu, if we're speaking in her native tongue of <laughs> Swedish. I want to shout out to the one Australian radio presenter who pronounced it correctly throughout the early days, and that was um, Marty Smiley, who used to do Channel V, and then he did a bit of radio stuff, and now he works for the feed, and he was the only person on the radio or TV in Australia that pronounced it Tuvelu in the early I days. I appreciate it. It's yeah. hard for, for Tuve because she basically tried to keep saying her real name for all the radio presenters in the US and Australia and eventually was like, you know what, call me what you like. <laughs> yeah, Just this is me. easier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She was probably a little bit concerned that, you know, she wasn't going to get as many spins if, if she had a hard to pronounce name, which I understand and, and respect. Exactly. Um, where do we start with Tovlo, Sam? This one's a hard one because the past two that we've had, we've centred around particular projects that have been quite, um, uh, what's the word, revolutionary for their career. Whereas I feel like with Tove, mm. she's kind of steadily built this audience and there hasn't been one particular moment that's really stood out. And I guess that's kind of testament to her consistency in terms of her work because I think each of the albums she's released have been really strong. And I think Sunshine Kitty, the latest, is just as strong. Would you agree? I have a, an interesting view on Tuvalu. And, and I Ooh. believe that her best days, and this is going to be so controversial at the very top of the podcast, but I believe her best music is behind her already. I think the early oh. stuff 
has more of a place in my heart, to be totally honest with you. I understand the I mean, impact of the Are you talking like Queen stuff. of the Clouds? I'm talking Truth Serum, Queen of the Clouds days. I'm talking the real early stuff. And then I, I don't know... I don't know what happened. There were a number of sort of collaborations and stuff that didn't quite sit right for what I think she was trying to achieve. The new music's very good, but it's also quite experimental. And I don't know if she'll ever be able to come out of that, like, trying new things phase, which is a good thing to be doing for an artist, and get back to that sort of commercial success. It's an interesting one. Um, But I think it's interesting to go back to the start and look look at, you know, Queen of the Clouds and, and the concept of that and the, the pure pop sound of those things. And it's interesting to look at like all the co-writes she was doing in the very early days, because I feel like they were the most, if we're talking commercial success and the, you know, yeah. the concept of, of the flop star, her best stuff was like 2014, 2015. I definitely agree with you in terms of her commercial success maybe behind her her last top 10 hit or her only top 10 hit in the u.s as a solo artist was habits stay high um and since then she's basically failed to chart cool girl just creeped in but apart from that she really hasn't done much however having seen her recently and my favorite projects from her are the latest sunshine kitty and blue lips i think that she's built her strongest most dedicated fan base through these really interesting club-based pop records like Cool Girl, Disco Tits, um, the latest one, Bikini Porn, and she's built this really like explicit physical pop audience, which I think is a space that if she really owned it and really veered into it hard, she could really do, like really build a good fan base. She does have a great fan base, but her music's still pretty diverse in terms of the genre she covers. But I think things like Disco Tits are what make her really interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting you talk about the the dance sort of route that she's gone down because, yeah, it's these dark sort of really, you know, interesting drums and interesting synth patterns that, that accompany the music. And, and she's still writing great sort of pop hooks, but accompanying yeah. them with really interesting, different, unique, dark production that, yeah, you're not really hearing too much from pop stars. There's a lot of great dance music that's classified in the dance genre that sounds like that. But a lot of the stuff on Tove's latest records definitely sounds like pop music with a dance kind of undertone to it. And I don't know if there's many mainstream kind of stars doing that. Yeah, exactly. And you can kind of, I mean, Charlie XCX owns the club world a bit, but she owns that really experimental, almost hip hop tempo pop whereas Tove Lowe's is like four to the floor it's 3 a.m in a nightclub kind of sweaty dance pop which I think she does incredibly well she does and in that context I've got a lot more appreciation for the last two records now (laughs) go back and listen do your research just contextualizing (laughs) no I did today and I was like and I was thinking exactly this like I was thinking fuck like the stuff on Queen of the Clouds were just like giant pop records, like they were giant so big. sprawling, great pop rights. And then, yeah, I just feel like the, the production went super experimental and, and that's good for her, but not necessarily good for her, um, her, her journey as a mainstream charting pop artist. But yeah, but she doesn't need to be that. And that's what, exactly what this podcast is about. And that's exactly what the concept of talking about her today is about. It's about celebrating that uniqueness and celebrating those differences that make her a unique artist in many people's eyes. Can I just say too, she can write one hell of a bridge. She is oh, like one absolutely. of the finest pop writers around. And I think 
Dua Lipa was in the studio with her. I'm not sure if any of the records have made it to the next album, but I know that they were in the studio together and I just think that would be incredible if they pulled something off together. Absolutely. And you know what's really impressive about her is she was sort of the first woman that was involved in the Max Martin Wolf... I always get it wrong. Wolf Cousins. Was it Wolf Cousins or Wolf Pack? Wolf Cousins um, sort of group. Like it yeah. was Max and Shellback and Ilya yeah, and Sabin Katecha and Tove. Yeah, it's really interesting. And she, she really broke ground for women in that sort of really interesting world of, of these huge male pop writers writing big records for women. She was the first woman that kind of jumped into that crew and, and, and wrote on records like Love Me Like You Do by Ellie Golding, which was yeah. such a massive hit around the world. Um, she had such a huge hand in that and, and, you know, was really the kind of first woman that Max went, shit, she can be part of this crew. She can be part of this little posse. Which is why it's interesting that she veered so hard away from it to where she is now. But I think there was a point where she was kind of just, she was just fitting into the commercial kind of mainstream thing. Like her talking body particularly is quite explicit and very physical and like very sexy song, I suppose. And it was just okay for radio. And then her kind of antics on stage, which are often kind of half clothed, which is amazing for her Do do whatever you want. Um, but I think it was like, okay, now I've got to make a decision because clearly the mainstream is not ready for something like this. And they're not. And they never they never will. Well, hopefully they will be one day. But she kind of was like, all the males are allowed to do this really sexy music. And suddenly I'm doing it and it's being seen as explicit. So then she's like, well, I'm just going to give you the, like, m- like pedal to the metal a hundred times that and I'm going to give you disco tits. Exactly. Which I think is amazing. It's what I appreciate her for so much. She's just one of the most not uncensored pop stars around. Remember the vagina dress she wore to the Arias, the Australian yeah, Music Awards that who year? Who does anything like that at the Arias? No one. She everyone wears the same bloody um, who's a designer? Mark Jacobs or Stephen Khalil dress that they've got for the night. And, and yeah, I remember that being like a really big moment. And, you know, all the big mainstream news organisations were like, who is this woman? Who is she? Um, yeah, and, which gets uh, her attention, but also makes them wary about her, which is quite funny that she doesn't care to do that. Which And it's the kind of, the kind of person we've come to appreciate from her. And you know what's interesting about that is I feel like a lot of artists would do things like that as as what we would call a publicity stunt. But for yeah. for Tove, it it feels quite genuine. It feels like the intention is there to make a statement using the platform she's got rather than create a sort of publicity and hype stunt um, to to sell more records. It feels like the intention is actually quite genuine. Uh, absolutely. I think it's a hundred percent genuine. And what's it, what proves that even more is I think the year she was at the Arias, she just come off the flume collab. Mm. So her publicity in Australia really didn't need much of a kick at that point. She yeah. was, she was kind of more popular in Australia than anywhere else, which is usually <laughs> a graveyard for most pop stars, but not when you're on a flume record. Exactly. And how interesting, let's talk about that flume record for a second, or should we play a game first and then come back to it. Where do you want to... Let's have a chat. Let's let's have a chat about the Flume record. Let's yarn about the Flume record. I think (laughs) Flume record, Say It, which was the best song on that album of Flumes on Skin, which was a a truly revered album, like one of the most 
celebrated Australian dance works of all time. Um, yeah. That was that was potentially her biggest moment in Australia. Yes, Stay High was huge on its own, but that was that felt like a more culturally impactful moment. And that made Tovlo not just a pop star in Australian people's eyes, but someone that can sit on Triple J and sit in the alternative space as well because they're collaborating with such a, a celebrated alternative artist like Flume. And it means that she yeah. can come out at festivals like Splendor in the Grass and, and have some kind of credibility with those fans. Whereas yeah. before that collaboration... She probably couldn't. And the cool thing about that collaboration is it was so genuine. Flume was at a bar, heard, I think it was Talking Body playing at a bar, Shazammed it, and then the next day got his manager to get in touch with Tove, and they got in the studio. And it worked like that. Is that what it was? Yeah. So it's really impressive. And you know what I think made that record? Like, I feel at points it was quite melodically harsh, but um, Tove's voice is so incredible and it just cut through so nicely on that chorus and it's kind of the same when you consider some of her features like the alesso song we could be heroes which was quite big as well like quite a bland song really but tove has this really distinct tone to her voice that makes everything memorable thinking about that alesso record about heroes in brackets stay high was that before or after habits no it wasn't heroes stay high it was just called heroes that was after it was Heroes We Could Be, and then it was Habits Stay High. There you go. Okay. Sorry, I'm just getting really confused yeah. with the various brackets involved in Tovelo's big hits. Habits was first. Okay. So Habits was the original, um, was released as part of the Truth Serum EP, and then it was um, remixed, and that's when it really took off, the remix took yeah, off. Yeah, the hippie sabotage flip, I believe it was technically referred to as, is where... It, it was, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which must be quite annoying for an artist because <laughs> she finally had a big hit record and for most of it, her vocals were chopped and screwed. And, and that's it. It's so different to the OG version. Like it's a different, um, it's in a different key. It's like 20 times faster. And I know we'll, we'll get to talking more about the, the differences between the two, but yeah, it would be frustrating knowing that someone really screwing with your, with your record is how it becomes popular and how you actually begin to be impactful. Let's do a game. Okay, so the first game that we're going with is called Feature Tove or Main Tove. So basically we're putting up one of Tove's solo songs. I, I love how I've just reverted to saying Tove now, like all the Americans we were just <laughs> You put the effort in with Tove for about <laughs> yeah, exactly. three minutes and now you're back to the basic bitch <laughs> English pronunciation again. <laughs> Proud of you. Okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> We have to try. We're all imperfect. Um, okay, featured, featured Tuve or main Tuve. Um, so basically we're putting up one of her solo songs against one of her features um, and we're both going to say what our preference is. Cool. Got it? Got it. I understand. The first one, we should have played the game first because we would have talked about this. Say it. A Flume feature versus Talking Body. Which is the song that she, Flume heard of hers and got her in for Say It, as it was. Yeah, um, I didn't even know that, and I put these two together. Look at that. There you go. You can tell they've got similar energy and they had some kind of relationship to each other. Um, yeah. Okay, this is a really interesting one because I think song-wise, quality of the song, of the writing, of the production, of how good a pop record it was, I'd have to go Talking Body. I just think it's a bigger, yeah. cooler pop song. But I'm all about mo- music moments. 
and I and I think a yeah. bigger moment for Tove's career was doing um, the the flume the flume record. Say it. So, in my mind, this is a bit tied at the moment, but I think I'm going to have to go say it. Oh, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go talking body. Okay. Just because I've seen her do it live and she's just so amazing at it. Yeah. That's um, that's fair. And I really like Talking Body. Like, I, I'm not going to get mad at you for, for choosing that record because it's very good. It's very good. Okay. Thank you. That's okay. We, we move on as friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> for now. There will be changes. The next is her Close, which was her Nick Jonas feature. Yep. Um, Verse Glad He's Gone. TBH, easy one for me. Close. I love that song really? so much. I think it's such a good record. I love the concept of those two being on a song together. And this was like just as Nick Jonas was starting to be like a respected solo artist. This was after Jealous and Levels. After Jealous, yeah. Oh, those two awesome, awesome songs that were like just really unique sounding pop songs at the time. And then Close came out and the video for Close. Have you seen the video? Uh, have I seen the video? I've done the video on That's my right. kitchen floor on the tiles with my friend Jazz. Shout out, Jazz. And we got somebody to pull us, pull the chairs back and forth. There were bruises everywhere. It was very difficult. But it gave me an appreciation for their physical input. It's it's so cool. It's so impressive and so beautifully done. It's so good. That yeah. song should have done a lot better than it did. I agree. Honest. It was so good. I think someone yeah. someone cool had a hand in that. I can't remember who it was. Some one cool writer. Let me have a look. I've Thank got Wikipedia open. So right. uh, Julia Michaels and Justin Tran. That's who it was. With Matt Man and Robin production. So that's kind of a dream team what for twenty fifteen. Matt Man and Robin, Michaels and Tranter. And Tive, we love that for And her. it was written in the key of A major with a <laughs> tempo of 120 beats per minute for all the DJs out there. <laughs> you shouldn't be on this podcast. You should, be to... on, you should be on Song Exploder instead. <laughs> you should be the resident musicologist. I would have to write a song in order to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So what are you going for this one? Because glad he's gone. Um, I feel like that was a, an un... A sort of more underground record. What was what was where was Gladys gone in the picture for Underrated, I but I am a hundred percent going with Gladys Gone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It might be one of my favorite Tove songs ever. Okay. Um I love how understated it is. And I love the perspective. and this is where I think she really shines. She always writes from a perspective that's unusual and this and Gladys Gone comes from the perspective of her sitting down with a girlfriend who's just broken up with a guy and they're kind of just going through the whole relationship and Tove is trying to make her feel better um, and kind of being like, he was a dick anyway. And the video, I know we've just talked about the close video, but have you seen the video for this? No, it, honestly, the song didn't even ring a bell to me until I listened to it again. Then you I was like, ha- oh, this you is will, You have to watch the video. It's incredible. They basically meet up in a, she's with a, on a date with a guy in a coffee shop and the phone rings and it's her friend and she goes outside to take the call and she suddenly walks through snow, desert. She gets arrested by police. She goes into <laughs> prison and she's on the phone this entire time and then she just casually walks back into the cafe at the end of the video and sits back down with the guy she was on a date with. I and love she's this. lived like seven lifetimes. It was nominated for a Grammy for Best Video. Was it? 
Oh. Yeah, it's See, incredible. You have to watch it. Sometimes I miss pop moments, which is not very good yeah. for me as That's a pop. That's why you're on this. Yeah. <laughs> you're a professional. <laughs> but you're going glad he's gone. I'm going glad he's gone, 100%, okay. but I really like Close. These are good pairings this week. There's some real competition between the two. I'm not finding it particularly easy. Okay, the next one's Out of My Head, which we spoke about last week, Charlie XCX mm-hmm. versus Bikini Porn. I said Out of My Head was like one of my favourite Charlie songs and Tove made it for me. And Out of My Head was where Tove's personality comes out a lot for me. Bikini porn, I'm going to I'm gonna admit it, no fam. Don't like it. Don't like it. Just did not speak to me. Um, it's like it's, there's nothing objectively wrong with it, but... Again, my sort of concern with the the later couple of albums, I, I, there were songs on there that just didn't connect with me in particular. Um, yeah, and I don't know, Bikini Porn just felt like one of them where it was just like, it, it, was, it was experimental production for the sake of experimental production and not that catchy, a little bit too spoken wordy. Um, yeah, that's my review of Bikini Porn. I disagree. Is it, how do you not Charlie. connect with the lyric, all I do is drink champagne all day? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Yeah. it's a very good point. Sorry, it was relatable. Um, Bikini Porn is a weird record. Yeah. And also, it's a Phineas, I think Phineas product. Um, yeah, which I can't part of it, which I can't stand, which is so funny. But this is the thing. I, I disagree with you about it not being catchy at all. I think the bridge again is incredible. Um, and it's kind of a kind of song that only she could pull off, but these are two of my favorites and I, I will go with out of my head with you, but I don't agree that bikini porn is not good. Now hit me with, um, feature Tove or main Tove number four. Okay. This one is, um, heroes, the Alesso feature and mm. cool girl. Oh, this is hard. And I feel like because of my recent, um, bashing of later Tove records that I've been going through, I have to go with heroes. You have been. You've raised the latter part of her career. (laughs) Here's the thing. Cool Girl's probably my favourite of the latter part of the career. It's probably the song that spoke to me the most. I enjoyed the vibe of it. The instrumentation's like a little bit experimental. It's got those weird like sort of like synths. That's my impression of the synths on Cool Girl. This song Exploder. Like bassy synths. But... Heroes is so fucking good. <laughs> and for for like a trashy like mid mid t- mid teens like 14 2014 2015 EDM belter, it's great and you know yeah. your point about bridges, this has one of the great bridges of dance music history. It's like it's the the bit yeah. where she's like, "Oh, we got to is love in a little life." And it's just massive yeah. and anthemic and beautiful. Easily one of Alesso's best songs, probably his best. Um, so I'm going to go with I Heroes. I really appreciate your, um, your <laughs> My standing of dedication to, to, <laughs> to really sounding out the songs in this verse. It's, it's been imp- very impressive. It's imp- I feel like I need to wobble, justify wobble, my... Wobble. <laughs> <laughs> and then I couldn't remember the lyrics of the, lyrics of the bridge, but it was like something like... Love in a different life or something. But yeah, that's <laughs> Heroes is my choice. What about you? What are we going with? We're going right, with the... Do you want my hot take? Yeah, give me a hot take. 
I hate heroes. Goodbye. Like zero. Flop out of stars 10. lasted two and a half episodes. Can't stand it. It's, it's joking. Gone. It's over. Cool girl, I love. Cool girl, obviously wins. I it's, I just think it was EDM just like overload at this stage. Yeah, I get that, and there Which were is definitely not her fault. It's, no, it's my personal complaint. Not there were hers. definitely an influx of those big anthemic EDM records, but it feels like that one is one that stuck around, and it's endure. It's an enduring one of those songs when most of them, ninety nine percent of it those, is big... enduring. It's definitely still getting played in clubs in Phuket. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like when 99% of those big, you know, four filler EDM songs really fell to the wayside quite quickly and they were quite disposable, it's like that one and Don't You Worry Child by Swedish House Mafia have stood the yeah. test of time. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I still hate it, though. <laughs> Not changing my mind. Next. And look, that's, that's a, that shows what a great critic you are. You know, you respect the thoughts, but you disagree <laughs> with them still. That's that. Exactly. <laughs> it's showing. Thank you. All right, last one in feature two okay, versus main two. Habits stay high. That hippie sabot, hippos, hippie sabotage, <laughs> hippo sabotage, hippo sabotage, <laughs> hippie sabotage. Hippos climbing the out of the water to sabotage your your music career. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. Only because it really was the reason that a lot of us heard of Toblo for the first time. Um, and I mm. think it presented the song still as being an alternative sounding pop song, but, and still being a little bit weird and left of center and quite unique, but it showed the song in its best light. I think it was possibly even more emotional than the original. So I'm going to go with the Hippie Sabotage remix. Yeah. I agree with you for the reason that I think the whole song um, about being in this kind of blur of like intoxication and being high kind of suits the way that um hippo sabotage has <laughs> remixed it. that's their name now <laughs> it's kind of blurry and um incoherent and stuff like that which i think suits it but obviously without the original it would be nothing but i'm gonna go the remix cool i'm glad we agree on that one um can i play to celebrate the end of the segment can i play you some game show music because i've got yeah. like buttons in front of me today Oh my god, that's so good. That was Main Toe versus Feature Toe. <laughs> I feel like Larry Emder. Yeah, come on down! <laughs> <laughs> we need a live studio audience. I we do! do that. I want to give away Breville Toasters. <laughs> or a Nutribullet. <laughs> We're really rambling today. I feel yeah. like we just need to move on to the next game. Oh, actually, I know we're rambling, but let me read another review from Apple Podcasts. It's titled Two Angels. It's from wow. 1975 Lara, who I believe to be yeah. um, also known as Lara Jones. She's a good, good, good kid from Sydney. What an awesome concept yeah. and very well discussed by two pop experts. Oh, my God. We need to billboard that. Thank you for your comments. <laughs> <laughs> so the question that's in front Keep of us. Keep them coming. <laughs> um, what's the next question around Tovlo's career that we want to answer for the people well, listening? Well, we kind of want to explore who her um, pop peers are. So what space mm. does Tove sit in? Yeah. She used to do a lot of um, features, as we've discovered in the previous segment. But she's kind of eased back on that bar a few major laser um, inputs here and there. 
So who does she kind of sit with now, now that she's really crafted her own lane? Yeah. Uh, it's a difficult one for me to answer. I'm like edging towards Charlie, but then I really just think it's like by association. Yeah. And not necessarily by, by Sonic ability. And, and, and that's a, you're exactly right. I don't know if she does sit with anyone, at least not anyone that's of sort of note, um, and that potentially is her biggest strength as well, is that she's making unique sounding music that no one else is making. Um, yeah. But, and yeah, the temptation is to is to relate her to Charlie, but realistically, recently their music could not be further apart from each other. Exactly. And then you kind of think about the other people Phineas has been working with, then this still feels like a unique sound for him as well. Um, and the work that he's been doing with other people hasn't been particularly, you know, similar to this. So yeah, I don't know if she actually has any sort of current contemporaries, like who you'd throw her into a Spotify radio station with. You know how they do that? Like with all the yeah. related artists, like who do you throw her in with? Oh, we should have looked at that. I'm going to look the now. The interesting thing is, um, Shellback, who is one of her kind of go-to producers, hmm. his Esteem producer. most recent, uh, yeah, his most recent productions are on the Ed Sheeran Collaborations Project, um, Jonas Brothers, Happiness Begins, and Pink's Hurts to Be Human, which are three records that could not be further from what um, Tove is doing at yeah. the moment. Yeah. It's really it's interesting. very interesting. Um, Tove Radio has um, King Princess, Madison Beer, Charlie XCX, okay. Christine and the Queens, Marina, Bea Miller, and Grimes. So who was the first one, sorry? The first one was King Princess. That's the kind of... Their music's quite different, but I suppose in the way they um, talk so openly about... Sex. I mean, how... Yeah, exactly. And how kind of lyrically vivid they are with the way that they um, talk about their relationships and heartache and, yeah. and love and all the facets of it um, and go to places that other people don't. I think... I could connect them in that way, but obviously their music's very different. King Princess is kind of a crooner in a way, and yeah. <laughs> Tovlo is more of a kind of party pop star. So that's it's interesting. It's something I didn't think of before, is that she's really doing stuff that is on its own. Two words there that really stood out to me, lyrically vivid. And you're right, I think you could potentially place her in with a few other artists from that sense of their lyrics being super sort of um, specific and colourful and the words aren't words you normally hear in pop songs. I think that definitely connects her and King Princess. I think you could even put her in the the Troy Saban kind of world as well. Troy tends to write. Yeah. The deeper you yeah, go into... absolutely. He, he's got yeah. really specific writing. Like, it's a, it's a really unique yeah. style. So, uh, you, you know who, who you could also place her in with? And there's actually a six degrees of separation here. Alanis Morissette. And I'll wow. explain that because Alanis also, and Alanis was the pioneer of this, super specific lyrics. You think about all those key Alanis records in the 90s had had super specific lyrics that were extremely autobiographical and, and, and wordy. They were wordy songs. And Tove's a bit the yeah. same. And also both of them have recently been working with Alex Hope, the Australian producer. So. Yeah. There's a connection that I can kind of see why Alex would have gravitated towards both of those artists and, and Alex quite respects both of those because, yeah, they, de they dive deep into those 
really lyrical, wordy kind of chatty songs. Great. Well, good, good response from me. We've got to. We've. <laughs> I'm trying, now we've got to make a um, make a segue from a very um, serious topic into. <laughs> Are we ready for the game? game. Okay, (laughs) guys, I'm really excited about this. I thought of it um, late today. It's a game that I'm going to call and I'm going to use the game show music. Tove or Rove? Here's the way the game works. I've got some (laughs) words that were said either in a Tove Low interview with anyone or on the hit television show of the Naughties, Rove Live by an interview guest. So I'll speak the words... Sam and anyone yeah. listening, you've got to work out whether Tove said that or whether a guest, yeah. anyone in the world on Rove Live said that, and then I'll reveal by playing the audio of that of those words. To- Tove would have been um, way after Rove Live, yeah. She could not have been a guest on it. There'll be no over. No, and I was ho- and that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe like on on Rove's like flop of a show in LA, Rove LA or whatever it was oh, called. Oh, we should do Rove for flop stars next. Oh my God, we should. He'd love that. <laughs> um, what the? <laughs> what the? <laughs> Say hi to your mum for me. Who would you turn gay for? Um, all right. Do you want to, are you ready for the first one? Yeah, could I just say for our um, 24.3% of US listeners to yeah. this podcast. Oh, yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, yep. Rove is a talk show host in Australia who became very popular during the early 2000s for, for being like the most notable TV, um, the most notable television personality in Australia. And he won he, a series of gold logies. Which is like the Australian then, version um, of the Emmys. Yeah. That's a very kind way of putting it. <laughs> anyway, let's do let's do this. Okay, yeah. Um okay the first the first quote is is awesome. Sydney was the best show ever, 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 ever. Very lively. <laughs> was this Tovlo talking about one of her Katy Perry support slots? Or Yeah. Was it someone on Rove? Oh, sorry, I just get someone on Rove. Awesome. Yeah, um, I'm not going to tell you who. Awesome. Sydney was the best show ever, 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 ever. Very lively. I f- oh, I f- mm. Was it Tove chatting to a radio show the morning after the I feel like it K-Gix? sounds too la- lame for Tove to say. Hmm. What, do you expect her to say? It was fucking lit. It was off. It was well, I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> I don't, mm. In saying that, I'm going to go with it was Tove. Okay. Here's the answer. Sydney was the best show ever, 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 ever. Very lively. Oh my god, it was pink. It was pink in two thousand and four. <laughs> I bet I was at that show. <laughs> I've seen I've seen pink flung across the air about four times <laughs> in my life. So that was wrong. Number okay. two. So I should have not. I told you it was too lame. Of course, it was pink. Yeah. Who else went... would have that much enthusiasm for a city in Australia? <laughs> Not even Scott Morrison. (laughs) Here's number two. Quote number two. It's a difficult life working with glitter. Was this Tove reflecting on one of her stage outfits or was this a guest on Rove Live? I think it was Tove. It was definitely Tove. Here's the answer. Sydney was the best show ever. Oh, no, I got the wrong one. Oh my god! I was gonna say that's <laughs> pink again. I swear to God. Oh, damn it! Um, hang on, I'll have to. I'll have to put it in in post. But it was Lady Gaga on Rove Live. <laughs> How am I getting all these wrong? 
Okay, here's the third one. I feel like Tove would say that. I'm gonna find a Tove. Yeah, lyric, that's why I've been tra- glitter. trying. To, that's like, that's why I tried to pick like neutral ones that could be either. Here's yeah, the third one. Okay. If I were you, talking about talking dirty, given where you have just been, I would zip. Who was talking about talking dirty? Was it Tove or was it a guest on Rove? I feel like she's clapping back at an interviewer in that. I'm gonna say Tove. If I were you, talking about talking dirty... Oh, my God, are you joking? Kevin Rudd! Australian Prime Minister. Australian Prime Minister Kevin Rudd. I thought it was like an interviewer asking Tove like inappropriate questions about her lyrics or something. No, it was Kevin Rudd talking about... um, Rove had, had been had been to somewhere naughty before this like in the segment before and Kevin was getting dirty with Malcolm Turnbull the the then prime minister of Australia. So you you're currently 0 from 3. We've got two more to go. I can't believe this. I've been on my high horse for for 2 weeks now. Oh my god, I'm one of Taylor Swift's top 2% fans, Spotify (laughs) just told me. That can't be true. That's brilliant. Congratulations. I'm really proud of you. (laughs) I'm a Swifty. All right, go on. Okay, number four. Personally, I think all of us were very disappointed that it didn't come together. Was this Tovlo talking about her disappointment that the Swedish slash Nordic girl band idea of her, Zara Larsson and Alma didn't come together? Or was this a guest on Rove? That sounds like a very specific thing for you to make up about Tove. But they've all been quite I didn't make it up. I don't know. It's a 50 For all we know, it could be like Delta Goodrum talking about how she's disappointed that a super group with John Farnham didn't come together. <laughs> What's this? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Tove again, even though it's been so, okay. so wrong for me. So you, you're sticking to your guns here. We're going Tove again. The answer is personally. I, well, I think all of us were very disappointed that oh, it didn't come together. Are you, are you Mel C. The piss? Mel C. Talking about the Spice Girls. What was she disappointed about? Back together. She's disappointed that. Um, and again, this was on Rove. This was one of the many times that the Spice Girls have had an opportunity to come back and that Victoria has declined. Um, so she and the other three girls that aren't Victoria were all very disappointed that it didn't, that it didn't come together a, a reunion in the, in the late noughties. So there you go. So you're zero from four. Okay. But it happened, again. it happened eventually. So I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad Melanie's <laughs> disappointment has been cured. We're, we're happy for Mel. All right, final one. <laughs> Here's, here's the, the fifth one. I always wanted attention as a kid, so I stood up and sang anywhere I felt like it. Was this Tove. Avril Lavigne on Rove Live in 2001, oh. shortly after the release of Skater Boy, or was this Tovlo? Tovlo. 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 Tove. I was, always wanted attention when I was a kid, so I usually just like stood up and sang anywhere I felt like it. You got one right! Is that her? It's Tove. Congratulations, yes. Sam. Finally. One from five in our game of Tove or Rove. <laughs> That's 20%, isn't it? That's what, almost as many US listeners as we have. <laughs> we probably would have done better than me, having never seen the show. All right, Sam, what's yeah. your new game? I'm enjoying the music. Thank you. It's called um, Game Show Music. So my game is, uh, is beautifully titled. It's called... 
Tove, um, Tove review quote or erotic mo- romance book quote. <laughs> Rolls off the top. So, basically, I've taken um, either a quote from a critic's review of a Tove Lo record, or I have taken a quote from a Silver Day book. And if you want to know who Silver Day is, if you don't know who she is, she's a number one New York Times bestseller, um, and she's a writer of romance writers, and she also writes under the pseudonyms S.J. Day and Livia Dare. <laughs> um, and she's a number one best-selling author in 28 countries with titles like One With You, Reflected In You, Butterfly and Frost, and Entwined With You. Entwined With You. What? I yeah. like Entwined With You. Is that, um, that going to be one of the things that you include in your wedding vows? Like, I love being entwined with you. I look forward to being entwined yeah, with definitely. you for the rest I'm of your life. I'm actually going to employ Silver Day to <laughs> write, write your vows. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to go. Are you ready for the first one? <laughs> we got to punch through I'm, exi- I'm excited to be back in control, but You're now we need bit... to go quick. <laughs> All right. Let's People punch through have it. things to do. Go. <laughs> <laughs> for her, the brain feels and the body thinks. Ooh, okay. So for her, the brain feels and the body thinks. Okay. So this would be about Tove writing about love and her heart and stuff, but also writing about sex because her body does the thinking. It's like how the, that, that quote, like men think with their dicks, that quote, but like yeah. in lady form. Um, I'm going to go, and, and this is without knowing much of Silver Day's work, I'm going to go Tove review quote for that one. That's correct. It's a Tove review quote. It's a, re- it's a review from Vulture of the Blue Lips record. I like that. That's real good. Well done. Vulture. Interesting you just said what you said before because the next one is, the quote is, chicks before dicks and all that. <laughs> okay, so that would, in, that would entail that um, Silver Day is like a really modern writer that writes like a modern person. Um, which th- with a name like Silver, I'm going to go like, no, Silver Day is like a 1930s writer. I'm going to go, that's another Tove review quote. Bum, bum. Oh. That's Silver. Oh. Silver getting spicy. Okay. How old's Silver? So I'm thinking like 85. Um, silver is, Silver's only 46. Okay. Silver's, which silver's is a young, for her. young writer. I've just been informed that Silva is actually named Sylvia. (laughs) 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 How? So I'm going to give you an extra half a point. My mistake. (laughs) Moving on. But Sylvia is still an old name. So, you know, I get it. Anyway, number three. Exactly. Okay, the next one is, her world is a mess of bleary late nights and confessional abandon. <sighs> late nights and confessional abandon. Weary late nights and confessional abandon. I mean, the songs of Tovalo are quite, you know, sort of late night involved. Um, Weary late nights and, and abandon. I'm going to go Tove review for this one. Yeah, you're right. It's the Rolling Stone review of Ladywood. Good words from, from the stone. Beautiful. See, they're All quite right. um, poetic, the words these reviewers yeah. are using for Tove. Silver slash okay. Sylvia Day could learn a thing or two. 
she could. Instead of the just... birth and death of a tumultuous love affair doomed by an all-consuming self-destructive passion. Oh, good line. Tove review. Yeah. Yes. You're doing much better than I did with. Yes, you. I am. Still, I think that's an odd thing to say about an album. But anyway. Yeah, it's really poetic. It was pitchfork on blue lips. Yeah, it's not as good as All the right. one from Rolling Stone. The next one is Bodies Tangled in Purple Lights, Morning Sun Stabbing at Hangovers. I'm going to go Sylvia Day quote. No, it's Pitchfork on oh. Sunshine Kitty. You can't do two pitchforks in a row. Should be against the rules. The final one is Sometimes Love's Not Enough, and If It's Enough, What Good Is It? Oh, sometimes love's not enough, and if it is enough, what good is it? Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit too generic to be a, a review of the Tove, of any of the Tove records. So I'm going to go with this being a Sylvia Day quote. It is. It's from Sylvia Day's record. Um, Sylvia Day's record. record. <laughs> Sylvia Day's novel, Reflected in You. Could be a record. Could be an audio book. Can I, can I throw in a bonus one for you because you've done so well? Sure, but it doesn't count to my quote. It doesn't count to my... My final no, score, it does it? Okay, cool. Um, the quote that. is, who do you think monsters marry, you stupid bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a reviewer of Tove would get cancelled for saying such a thing, so I'm going to go Sylvia Day quote for that as well. <laughs> That's Sylvia. It's from her book I'm going to read you. some of Sylvia's shit. I like her. Available now at all good bookstores. <laughs> On audible.com. <laughs> Our week, our sponsor for the week. <laughs> well, we've given everybody a marathon of a podcast today. Yeah, I think we'll chop some bits out, but it's been great fun. To close, obviously we love Tovlo and we think she's great. We want people to give their two cents as well. You can tweet us. We're not that hard to find. Or you can leave us a review. <laughs> Would you like to hear the one final review that I've been saving up? Yes. Okay. Let's hear it. It's called The Pop Music Podcast We So Richly Deserve. This is a review by the kind man, Jackson Langford. I knew it would be him. Well, <laughs> you know, last week I said that um, you could win a Tesla if you left a review. So I think yes. we should give the Tesla to Jackson. No, I want it to go to Dave the Dill Pickle. <laughs> Dave the Dill you Pickle can't drive the Tesla. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jackson gets the <laughs> Tesla and 1975 Lara Jackson. gets... Um, a complimentary pop, flop stars as, as bit, Sylvia drink Day. coaster. <laughs> a copy yeah. of Sylvia Day. Oh, we should book. do that. We should do drink coasters. Okay, I'll read this this review so, so we can get going and everyone can get on with the day. Art and literature is so expansive and infinite, yet all it takes is a single moment or auteur to help define a generation and set the standard for generations to come. Your Shakespeare's, your Spielberg's, your Beyonce's. And with flop stars, I think we've seen the new moment, specifically in Charlie XCX review or Pornhub comment, which was a game we played in the first episode or the second one. Oh my God, one. what a quote. It's still going. You didn't tell me there was another review before we gave away the test. <laughs> no, this, this one's still going. This is the type of artistically groundbreaking, culturally relevant performance art the planet has deserved, nay, craved for years. And I would like to thank Sam and Nick for de delivering it to us. Thank you, Jackson, for your kind words. Oh, that was Jackson's full review. It was still going. Yeah. 
Oh, that's amazing. It's gorgeous. Well, wasn't I it? can't say anything better than that. <laughs> so we must call it a day on the podcast for today, then. We must. On those um, beautiful words, of yeah. which there have been many. Leave, leave your beautiful words, not that your top Jacksons and the Tesla competition's now over, um, and hit subscribe because we'll be back with another one next week. Have we worked out who we're going to do next week yet? Um, we haven't worked it out yet. Okay, it'll be but a secret. next week's pending because Italy is currently being fested by coronavirus, so <laughs> I may be on lockdown. Oh my God, is that an actual potential thing? Yeah, there's towns around here that are on lockdown. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Well, but I'm going to be okay. It's fine. Um, if you want to know whether Sam has coronavirus, just keep refreshing the reviews on Apple Podcasts. He'll <laughs> post it there. Next week. <laughs> tune in next week to see if Sam has coronavirus. Okay. <laughs> not that, that not the coronavirus is funny. You know, people are, are hurt, but still. Um, okay, bye. It's not funny. It's very <laughs> serious. Yes. Wash your hands. Wash your- <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>